Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific stocks are mixed this Monday morning. Sydney is trading higher, the ASX 200 up half a percent. Tokyo and Seoul in the red. Investors are awaiting HSBC's results in Hong Kong today. They also have their eyes on the latest COVID-19 outbreak in China. Joining me now as we break down all the market action. Good morning, Ryan Huang. Morning, Michelle. How's your weekend? Really good. Really restful. And yours? Pretty good as well. It's never too, well, long, I'd say, for a weekend. <laughs> Already longing for the next, I can tell. Now, we begin this morning thinking about major US blue chips and tech giants as earnings season in the United States kicks into high drive. The Dow, S&P 500 and NASDAQ all finished higher last week, chalking up their third straight week of gains. The Dow inched up to a new record high as well. It topped 35,700 in intraday trade. And now this week, nearly one out of every three listed stocks over in the U.S. set to report earnings. Among the giants that are reporting earnings, big names, Alphabet, Apple, Amazon, Facebook, Microsoft, and those are just our tech companies. Last week, Ryan, the markets got a bit of a scare when Snap, the owner of the social media platform Snapchat, actually reported uh, lower than expected earnings. Worse than that, it indicated that the new iPhone privacy rules are upending its advertising revenues. We saw Snap shares plunging 26% on Friday. So to what extent are declining ad revenues likely to weigh on other tech platforms as they open their books this week? That's right, Michelle. The snap results really a bit of a curtain raiser in a bad way because it does, you know, just manage or rather make you believe that you might see a potential impact on the other social media companies as well. So we are looking at Facebook that's out tonight. Twitter's also out later this week. So those Apple privacy rules could see a dent on their advertising uh, dollars. So that'll be something to watch out for when the tech companies report their earnings. Uh, So we also have what's happening in the backdrop of how a lot of companies are struggling with COVID-19 and rising costs. And the big question is, do they want to invest in advertising in this time right now when they have more pressing priorities. So that will also be part of the conversation as we look into those numbers. What do you think uh, investors are going to be looking for when big tech earnings reports uh, this week? Okay, you've got a couple of things and for quite some time we've been talking about how there's going to be a rotation away from tech into some of the blue chip names, the cyclicals, those that will recover, um, the recovery names, so to speak. So when we look at the big tech earnings this week and that will include the likes of um, the big tech names like Amazon, Alphabet, on mm. top of what you talked about, um, Apple, Facebook, uh, Twitter. So what will be in focus as well is the impact on the chip sector. Semiconductor chips have been seeing a bit of a crunch and that can have ripple effects when you think about devices, right? The devices being made, that can affect the likes of Microsoft when it comes to PC sales or even Apple to some extent. So that will be in the conversation. And when you look at rising costs, the big tech companies also have to face those rising costs. And we talk about how Advertising is also under focus this time around because of what happened with Snap. So a lot of issues around big cap um, tech names. Mm. And for quite a few months and quarters, they have been going up. So the big question is, 
whether the momentum is sustainable and if there's anything else for them to write on because you do have uh, investors starting to wonder, is there more upside or should I park my money elsewhere where you might get more upside? So no, it's going to be a game of opportunity costs down the road. Among the Dow components that are reporting earnings this week, we have Boeing, Caterpillar, Coca-Cola, McDonald's, Merck. Looks like there's something pretty much for everyone. Planes, construction, machinery, F&B, fast food, pharmaceuticals. So far this earnings season, despite Snap's misstep, earnings have been generally coming in strong. So what are you looking for when these big Dow components report? Yeah, so you do get a bit of a glimpse into almost every sector in the US economy and to a certain extent the rest of the world as well because all these major corporations, you talk about Coke, you talk about McDonald's, they have a bit of a uh, finger in every country. So that's going to be something that will give you an indication of where things are going. Are they, for example, Mm -hmm. likely to raise their menu item prices and are they going to pass it on to consumers? Do they feel confident enough for consumers to absorb what's been in the backdrop, rising supply chain costs, bottlenecks, inflationary pressures? So will that start to play out? Or will they think, like what Intel said last week, Mm -hmm. we are going to see profit margins suffering because of rising costs. Um, They are not looking at a brighter quarter in the coming year. And that's something that will be watched as well. Uh, If you look at what's happening on the Russell 2000 index, that has been going through a bit of a consolidation phase in the past few months. So this index will be one to watch to see if the results will be enough for them to break out of that range. If they do, it will be additional confidence for investors to ride out what's happening in the uh, markets to invest in it because this will be a strong signal that many of these um, small businesses will be seeing growth down the road. So that's uh, another indicator to watch out for this week. Next up this morning, I want to turn to currency markets and a currency that we don't talk about all that often, but is making waves today. That's the Turkish lira. The lira tumbled to a record low over the weekend. It's off nearly 25% since the beginning of the year. Now, this comes as Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan has told the diplomatic envoys from 10 countries, including the US, Germany and France, that... They are no longer welcome in Turkey. What is behind this diplomatic, or should I say, undiplomatic tussle? Yeah, so politics at play here. And that was pretty much the focus of um, what happened over the weekend. Ten ambassadors from countries like the US, France and Germany told to get out of Turkey. And this all around what apparently was um, their calls, those ten ambassadors calling for the release of a philanthropist and businessman, Osman Kavala, he's been in prison for four years mm. without being convicted. So he is a bit of a critic of the current president. So the president, of course, not happy with this call, um, this joint call from these 10 ambassadors. So that is becoming a rift between them um, and Turkey. So you are looking at... This also being used as um, an excuse. That's what the political opponents are saying, that Erdogan or President Erdogan is using this as an excuse to distract Mm. everyone from talking about the real problems in Turkey, which is the economy. And that's struggling big time because if you look at what's happening, for example, with inflation, that is at 20%. 
So you are seeing the economy slowing down, inflation going up. So it is struggling on that front as well. Okay, let's talk about the battering of the lira. Anytime we see a currency fall as much as the lira has, the question of contagion then creeps in. So from what you're seeing so far, does there appear to be any risk that the lira's drop could then impact other markets? That is a good question, right? Because it is an emerging market. And you might remember in years long before, Mm. uh, when we talk about countries like Turkey, we will also lump in Brazil and many of these emerging markets. And when something bad happens to one of them, it can have a knock-on impact on sentiment. So that was what actually happened uh, nearly a decade ago. But this time around, it looks like it's a bit more muted. And we've seen this play out year after year in the past few years, how Turkey goes through a bit of a bad patch, but it has seen rather limited impact in terms of um, a contagion. Um, And you pointed out the lira on a bit of a downward trend. In fact, it is hitting a record low for a third day in a row. So it seems to be going down and down and down and going by what's happening around the central bank. Uh, It's stuck in a bit of a hard place right now because Mm -hmm. it has to figure out how to navigate itself out of inflation Mm. as well as revive the economy. So to battle inflation, typically you would want to raise rates. But then to revive the economy, you would want to cut rates. So it's stuck in a dilemma right now. The currency has lost 23% versus the dollar this year. It is the worst performer in emerging markets. From Turkey, let's turn to China's Evergrande Group. It's making news on two fronts. First, it pulled back from the brink of default over the weekend when it made an 83 billion US dollar payment to bondholders. And second, the Chinese property giant says it's planning to shift its focus to a new industry. More about that in just a minute. Uh, Ryan does his latest debt payment, which happily surprised the market. Does this mean Evergrande's debt troubles are behind it? Yeah, this was actually a surprise to me as well. I was expecting mm. some um, dramatic news to report on on Monday, but it seems like they managed to pay up. Uh, at least according to reports, they paid off that bond payment that was due on 23rd of September. So the 30-day grace period was over the weekend. They paid up on Friday, apparently. So that gives them more time at least it buys them more time until the next bond payment, which is actually sometime this Thursday. So Mm -hmm. that'll be one to watch. And it's not just next Thursday. It has other bonds to pay down the road as well. So the big question is, how much money does it exactly have to pay off all the interest payments? And if you look at what's been happening in the past few weeks, right, it is struggling under the pressure of enormous liabilities, $300 billion worth. So that is going to be closely watched to see how long this um, can be dragged out, how much more time they can buy. But for now, it looks like some nerves are being soothed. And on top of that, you have as well Mm -hmm. some reports that China Evergrande is resuming work on more than 10 property projects. Remember, they had a cash flow issue and they had to stop construction on many places. And that led to protests from property buyers who were hoping to move into their places. But it looks like somehow they managed to find the cash to continue work in six cities, including Shenzhen. And you have to ask again how long they can keep making this up, right? 
how much money is there really in their emergency piggy bank? Interesting, interesting idea. Evergrande's chairman has been quoted in Chinese media saying the group is going to shift its main business away from property and into new energy vehicles within the next 10 years. So two questions immediately come to mind. First, does it look like China's Evergrande group will still be around 10 years from now? And second, is this switch for real or is this really an attempt at deflection, changing the conversation away from the company's debt woes? What do you think? Well, it's a tough one to call. Yeah. So many things can happen in 10 years, but at least they seem to be betting on the, well, what's in favour these days, mm-hmm. which is what's green and EVs. So you've got the electric vehicle space, one of the apparent growth areas they are betting on. So what's happening here is they are thinking of shifting their main business to new energy vehicles within 10 years from property. So it can be quite a tough market to break into. Remember, China, even though it's a huge market, there are over 300 players in this EV market already. And if you talk about who's leading the market, you already have a few names. BYD, for example. Even Xiaomi is jumping on board. Mm. So a lot of players already in the game. And now you have Evergrande trying to play catch-up. So it's going to be a tall order for them to do so. If... Um, no things fall into place maybe but it is going to be the odds against them when it comes to pivoting from property to cars I am still quite perplexed I can tell the knitted brows yes but can it do as well in the EV market as it's done in the property market we are talking about China's second largest property developer here All right, time for more corporate news and a Monday morning game of up or down I've got some great ones for you today Ryan are you ready let's go let's start with champagne sales alright I am going to (laughs) say up (laughs) and that's because prices are going up because there seems to be a shortage of champagne going around. Yeah, people are happy. They are partying. They are optimistic. Champagne sales are surging. In fact, they're close to pre-pandemic highs. It appears that a lot of us are ready to celebrate. More than 300 million bottles of champagne are expected to be sold this year. 100 million of which will come to my house. Yeah, I'm just watching with those prices. How much they might increase (laughs) with everyone buying champagne? No, just revenge, celebrating and just going out in many places these days. Let's hope not. Next, uh, let's turn to really that theme, inflation. It depends on who you ask. And I am going to ask Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey. And he Ah, says... He's got the H word. Hyperinflation is happening soon. It's not just inflation, it's hyperinflation. And you really have to figure out if you want to believe him, right? Yeah. He can say many things, but whether it happens or not is another story. So he says hyperinflation is going to change everything. In fact, it's already happening. So he's pointing to how consumer price inflation is running near a 30-year high and it could get worse, at least according to him. Mm -hmm. Um, But you do have a few other economists... Disagreeing with him, thankfully. Especially Fetcher Jerome Powell saying, no, it's not going to be there forever. It's going to be transitory. So you've got to figure out who you want to 
place your bets on. Oh boy, is inflation going up or down? This really is a tough one if I do say so myself. I mean, everyone generally agrees inflation is up, but for question is for how long and for how much, right? How much more? Twitter's Jack Dorsey, Dorsey using the term hyperinflation. Thankfully, most economists disagreeing with him. Hyperinflation can destroy economies, but it is also good for alternative stores of value like gold or perhaps cryptocurrencies of which we know Dorsey is a fan. Mm, and he's a big investor in Bitcoin as well. So there you go. Maybe mm-hmm. he is trying to say something. Maybe, maybe. Chinese electric vehicle maker Xpeng. All right. This is going to be an up for me and it seems like they have launched an upgraded semi-autonomous driving well, features as part of their new EV release. And if you look at the picture, it's quite a impressive looking car. It's I'm not sure if it's neon yellow or neon green, but it looks like um, it can catch a few um, eyebrows or eyes um, when you look at the next feature they have. It's making it a bit closer to what Tesla is offering. So it's stepping up its challenge to Tesla in China. So it's going to be up for me for Xpeng. It's up for me as well, but we're looking at different pictures of cars. Look at the car picture that I had in mind. What? Yes, Xpeng is flying. touting a flying car by 2024. So that's more than an upgrade, really. <laughs> uh, flying cars that can operate on normal roads and also take off into flight. Okay, so besides a driving license, it looks like now you need a flying license. I guess so. Yeah, I don't mind Unless this. Unless it's on autopilot. Ah, yes, of course. I need a car that can fly itself. A lightweight design, a rotor that folds away. So this means that, you know, it's a hybrid vehicle. What do you think? I think it does have a future, but maybe it might be a bit too early. You do have to need demand to catch up with it, right? And a lot of people are still trying to figure out if they want and... (laughs) Uh, autonomous car even EV in the first place and now you have a flying car I don't know how I feel about a car that comes with a parachute in case you need it as in a safety feature well it sure will beat the traffic jams true alright next let's look at cryptocurrency Shiba Inu okay so this is going to be an up for me so Shiba Inu I would say it's like a variation of Dogecoin Mm -hmm. it's got a bit of a relation to a doggy as well and it's up 50% 50% hitting a new record, becoming the 11th biggest crypto coin. Imagine that. Who would have thought back in 2020 when Shiba Inu was founded uh, that it would get to this level? Indeed, Shiba Inu tokens up 50% in one day, reaching that vaulted position of 11th biggest cryptocurrency in terms of market value. So another cryptocurrency that started off as a gag, but now nobody's laughing about its value, that is. Next, let's look at awards given to whistleblowers. All right, so this is going to be an up for me because it's around how uh, a whistleblower received a record $200 million award. And this is for providing regulators with extensive evidence that benchmark interest rates were being manipulated. So you might have uh, remembered headlines around how uh, some bankers were just rigging the LIBOR rates. So Mm -hmm. this is part of the story. Imagine that. So up, a whistleblower in the US receiving 200 million US dollars reportedly for exposing the misconduct around the collapse of the LIBOR, uh, misconduct by Deutsche Bank. Now here in Singapore, more details of the government's COVID-19 strategy emerge over the weekend. Travellers from South Asian countries will now be allowed to come here. This may help businesses 
that have been facing manpower shortages. The Sinovac vaccine has also received approval from Singapore's regulators and the unvaccinated have been told they will be barred from the workplace beginning next year. So how do investors appear to be reacting to these latest changes, Ryan? How's the SDI doing this morning? Yeah, it looks like good news for travel-related stocks. And let's start with where SIA is right now. And it's in the green by 0.6%. 5.33 is the latest trading price. And if you look at where we are for the rest of the SDI, pretty much flat right now. 0.1% in the green at 3,208. At the bottom, we've got Phrases Logistics and Commercial Trust, followed by Capital Land Integrated Commercial Trust. And then at the other end of the table, right at the top, Semcorp Industries up nearly 2%, followed by Comfort Diagro up 1.3%. So that is the setup for the Monday action right now. All right, Asia Pacific stocks this morning. We'll keep an eye on them. And in a while, I take a look at the impact of Squid Games on... Korean entertainment stocks. Are we looking at a whole new wave of, well, a K-wave, so to speak? That's coming up in minutes. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.